Alive or dead, which artist would you love to have dinner with? Do you know what I thought you were going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Keep this on track. This is a clean podcast. Go. Welcome to Design Pod with me, Hamish Kilburn. And me, Harriet Ford. Design Pod is the contemporary voice for all interior designers and architects on the go. The topics and personalities amplified on the podcast will give texture and perspective on the key issues that face modern A&D professionals as briefs and deadlines become much more challenging. But it's also a safe space, if you like, for anyone who's interested in architecture and design. Harriet and I have been working on this podcast concept for what genuinely feels like forever, and we've overcome many challenges to get to this point. This podcast series is sponsored by Bathroom Brands Group, which includes established, trusted and regularly specified bathroom brands such as Crosswater, Burlington, Britain and Clearwater. Welcome back to Design Pod. Hi, Harriet. How are you? I'm very well, Hamish. Thanks very much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're in yet another different setting. We've gone from... uh, recording under blankets in our house during lockdown <laughs> yeah. to recording in in various showrooms and yeah. we're now in the Minotti London yeah, showroom which is, which is just beautiful oh it's like a yeah. second home yeah, isn't it's it lovely, so I relaxing know. fantastic sofas and wonderful <laughs> furniture and we're obviously we're here today to talk about art and art's role in design and vice versa mm, so a great guest I know Patrick welcome oh, to thanks, the sofa thanks so much. <laughs> and it is a very nice one as well I'm actually I need one for my house but I'm not quite sure I can afford this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, ditto. <laughs> Patrick, tell us what the role of an art consultant is before we go into any more detail. Why do designers need an art consultant on their team to help them take their design scheme to a new level? Sure. So we're, we're, we're experts in art, essentially. So Arctic, my company, uh, we're scaling up to a team of about 25, 26 people whose full-time job it is to work with the very, very best artists and the best institutions, the best galleries, to scour um, the locales of our projects to make sure that we're working and we have sought out the very, very best um, artists and then translating those artists' stories and their works into um, the specifications and the desires and strategies of our, of our clients. Mm-hmm. And um, we tend to work a lot with designers, architects, um, often directly with their own client as well as a kind of triumvirate team um, to pull together at, at times quite complicated um, art collections and art strategies that, that really help, I guess, finish off a, finish off a project and, and, and articulate, a, articulate a story. So Patrick, I remember when I first met you and um, our dear friend, Caroline Collette, um, who was looking after your PR at the time, she uh, invited me to meet you, uh, Patrick McRae, CEO of Arctic. And I went along and I was a little bit nervous. I was just not quite sure what to expect, but I was totally shocked with how young you were when I met you in the flesh. <laughs> um, CEO of Arctic, tell us more about Arctic. How did, what, what was the vision? How yeah. has the journey been and how has it evolved in time to what it is today? Yeah, I think we had sushi. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, so I set the company up when, yeah, when I was 21. So just after I graduated, I had the luxury of growing up around arts and culture and seeing firsthand how hard it can be for individual artists to make a living doing mm. their work. Often creativity is seen as a hobby or a nice fun thing to do and therefore uh, is not paid properly. Often mm. artists will work for exposure uh, instead of cash. And mm. you know we all know that um, 
you need money to pay to live. for food to live. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I, I sought essentially to set this business up to show that the career of an artist can be economically viable and, and, that, and that critically people will understand the benefits of engaging with arts and culture and will pay for it. Mm-hmm. So our clients on the one hand work with us um, <clears throat> to build them art collections, whether on a temporary or permanent basis, and they obviously pay for that service. Uh, and what we do is we then ensure that the creative, the artist, is then fairly and properly remunerated and paid for their work. Uh, and the whole idea is that it creates a kind of a cyclical arts creative economy uh, that as we have grown and expanded over the last 12 years has, has gained momentum. So in the early days, it was me uh, working from my childhood bedroom. <laughs> um, and That's trying a great story start. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to convince like lawyers initially, cold calling lawyers and trying to convince them to um, spend money on art. I think mostly I got my clients then through pity. That must um, have been a struggle. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to leave your dignity at the door. Did you have a lucky break? Was there one moment where that just a little door, a chink <clears> opened <throat> and that was where things took off? Yeah, 2012, actually, when I moved the company to London, um, there were two projects that we, that, yeah, we, it was like, there was four of us, uh, four or five of us. And um, I had employed people. So that's a huge, that's a huge step yeah. for, for, for anybody running a business is actually your first or second employee. You're like, oh, wow, now you're relying on me for <laughs> salary and mortgage mm-hmm. payments and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so there's that. And then there was also, we, we won two projects. So one was uh, an art, um, sorry, uh, a business employed Arctic to essentially buy a huge art collection for them, which involved international travel and um, acquiring works from across the globe. I think it was nudging like a half million pound project. Excellent. Um, and then the other one is we started working with a lawyer to, to launch a graduate art prize, mm-hmm. um, which was sort of focused at, obviously graduates and they had a prize mm. and, and and it was great for us to build our reputation. Which it continued doing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it took a bit of a hiatus, COVID, yeah. but we're hoping to start it up towards mm. the end of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And one thing that sets you aside from, you know, many other companies is your just authentic um, stance on equality and diversity, obviously, mm. um, you know, ensuring that creativity becomes, uh, you know, something that's paid for and not just, just there, but also when it, you know, supporting LGBTQ community. Yes. Yeah. So many acronyms to get in these yeah. days, aren't there? <laughs> but um, who changed their logo first? Was it you or Vogue? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I actually don't think we've changed our logo back. It's still a rainbow. Um, but um but me, I mean, actually remind me, you need to update LinkedIn. <laughs> um, look, I think that the art world, uh, just, just on, um, firstly, on kind of, um, I guess, the, the issues in the art world um, stemming from this kind of lack of fair pay, it has meant that I think it's 97.5% of people working in the creative indus- industries come from advanced socioeconomic backgrounds which basically is a reflection of the fact that it was what I, as, as I was saying at the beginning, this idea of not paying for creativity because it's, it's a jolly, it's a, it's a hobby. And those people who go into the creative industries uh, do so because of that, of that fact and the fact that they have a safety net that they can fall on. So mm. what Arctic are doing are we have work experience programs um, where we're working with young people from disadvantaged backgrounds. Um, we also have a paid internship program. I know it sounds 
completely absurd to say that you'd mm. pay somebody to work in mm. your business, but mm. it is really critical and it attracts um, folk from from all different backgrounds. Mm. But uh, it means that if in, in the art world, if you have a, an internship program that is unpaid, generally the, the person who is doing the internship program has to pay, I think it's 1.1K a month to actually complete that internship. Mm. Mm. Whereas obviously if you're paying somebody to do it, then yes. and they're earning. I think from a, from a um, diversity and inclusion point of view, the art world um, and, and arts and culture has a really, really good opportunity to better reflect the world in which we live. Mm. Um, Do you think it reflects it badly at the moment? Because I would say generally the creative industries are more accepting mm. of the broad range of people in the world. And I, I've always felt that in interior design anyway, it's it's been it's probably not as level playing field as it should be, mm. but it's certainly a lot better than in some industries. And I just wondered whether you thought that artists of diverse artists are reflected well generally or have you needed to add to to do something extra to bring that up well look so in the last two or three years i've been involved in projects we we, we launched queer frontiers which is a big queer um artists project where we um it, it, we ran uh, for charity a big exhibition in soho you know that's amazing though because it's not just yeah. then targeting people you're working with it's targeting the masses as well and it, mm. the, the ambition behind that campaign is is, is absolutely incredible thanks i mean and, and there were some really interesting conversations that we had we were in soho so mm. does have a yeah. kind of self-selecting community coming into soho but actually not not necessarily and we'd have people walk into the gallery space and i'd have at times quite hard conversations with folk kind of explaining you know this is a trans artist and they're like oh what's that and you kind of take them through the <laughs> take them through what, what that what <laughs> that means and i think as well another huge movement that happened in the last well last summer was black lives matter mm-hmm. and the impact that that has had on the artistic community um has been huge and also critically what our clients are asking for and um that people are now realizing that they that representation and inclusivity is a huge hugely important thing to not just to society but also to the people um working in their organizations and so um we have put together collections of um artists of color queer artists over the last um two years and and it is that that is literally money funneling into um diverse communities which is Mm. which is really incredible Mm. Mm. i think it's i think there's been a realization that it's not just um, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also um, it's also a smart business move mm. as yeah. well. Mm. Yeah, mm. in terms of mm. diversity of thought mm. and mm. for sure. Mm. And you work with a lot of hotel designers mm. um, with with what you do, but you also do uh, residential and workplace, obviously. And mm. um, <clears throat> I feel as if as well because of everything that's happened culturally, the clients are um, aware that the people checking into their hotels are, are more aware of the art and are going to ask questions and want to know where it's sourced yeah. from and want to have that um, sense of place being injected through the art. Yeah. Has that allowed your team to be more um, uh, creative and, and widespread in their search for um, new artists as well as you know artists that you, you would expect to be on, on the wall of a gallery that actually use the opportunity to, to amplify new individuals and personalities? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. The um, the there's a huge opportunity that we have um, as I guess well as curators and taste makers and mm. um, to select artists and work with artists from from local areas. So Artico working, well, we worked on projects in about sixteen different countries across Europe and the Middle East, 
And there's a really strong desire from many of those clients to, to work with artists from the locale. So that involves a huge research project into finding out who those artists are, sometimes going to the area or region and you know, running competitions, open calls, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and I think to your first point on essentially the discerning guest, the discerning traveler, mm -hmm. people are becoming more discerning about everything mm. um, and especially art. I think a lot of us collect art or have art at home. Um, there is a growing number of people who will collect art as well and who aren't satisfied with, you know, a blob on the wall anymore. Yeah, how do you get over that problem of the sort of multiple hotel bedroom space filler, kind of the bu the budget's quite low for yeah. when you walk into a hotel bedroom and you just know that somebody only spent X on it because and that every other bedroom in that hotel will have a variation on the same theme. It's, yeah. you know... Yeah. And fed up of seeing that as fed well. Fed up of seeing when, that, When there's yeah. so much time and consideration being put on the public areas and then you walk into the guest room and it's just like, oh, God, you could have really done something here, but yeah, yeah. budgets get cut, don't they? Yeah, they do. And the FF&E gets, gets very... The budget gets very challenged. Yeah, I think the, the key with that is starting early, mm. um, starting the art consultancy early in the process. So we try and start as as early as we can, essentially, and uh, work with the interior designer. I mean, the best projects that we've done, we've been appointed at basically the same time as the interior designer um, because the client, you know, sees the art as a really important mm. um, aspect of the mm. of the overall kind mm. of um, mm. ambiance. Yeah. So a big thing with that is client relationships. Yeah. It's so, so important for what you do. You need to get in there early and you need the designers to almost already know who you are and yeah. as personally as well as a company in order to get specified that early on in, in the in the company. Um, how has that journey been sort of socially with designers? Yeah. Like, well, how did oh, that start? Good, how difficult was good that? Fun. We're quite approachable, Hamish. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do like a drama. It's, it's quite a, a tight-knit community, it I is, think, yeah. especially in hospitality. Yeah. But actually, it's not actually that difficult to get in the door because no. people are willing to meet new people and by nature of what we all do we're, mm. we're willing to see what's new on the scene and yeah. creativity says it's, it's quite loud isn't it yeah. really well it is I mean I know from our point of view that any so we are all service industries to each other and actually service is is critical so responsiveness and obviously the creativity we need there but you know under really listening and understanding so we say this is what the cost is this is all the budget we've got that's all we've got mm -hmm. and really listening to that and working with that um, yeah, so, is key so so we work across every every type of project so every budget mm. um and pride ourselves on on the fact that we can we can do that because of the size of the team or one of the mm. larger uh, art consultancies in europe and um the fact that we kind of have everything you know under one umbrella so we do all of the consultancy curation project management logistics and installation ourselves mm. so i know that the guy um, or gal screwing art into a wall um, knows exactly what they're doing because they've been trained by um, by the business and you know there's, there's, there's lines of responsibility right back to to, to management and so mm. it's um, so I think that's a really critical a critical thing when it comes to service and when it comes to actual physical delivery because you know I can show you loads of pretty pictures um, but actually if you can't Frame it, frame them, it, afford them, uh, get them, deliver, <laughs> deliver it, them, fit it on the them. wall straight, yeah. then it's no good <laughs> to anybody. Um, but in terms of the relationship building thing, I think fundamentally interior designers and architects are also creatives. So, and, you know, a lot of um, my clients and people I know have, have grown up around culture and creativity and design and art. Um, and so we found that 
uh, I found experiences have been an incredible um, experiences at events have been an incredible way to kind of um, not just get Arctic's name out there, but also have a bit of fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's about that, isn't it? Yeah. It's not about always talking shop. It's talking about, you know, yeah. every, what everyone else wants to know about and talk about and yeah, just yeah, exactly. have a good experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally. learning as well. Mm, like, yeah. There's mm. so many artists out there whose work is shining a spotlight on society and what's happening. And, um, and so, you know, you can just chat about, let them do the work, let them yeah. do the talking, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's a nice relief, actually. I think that's that was a huge, huge thing last year for us mm. and for our clients as well. It's the because obviously it was um, not great for you know the coronavirus pandemics. Yeah, really, yeah, of course. Really, pretty, yeah, yeah, for everybody. Um, yeah, pretty crap year. But um, what I think art and culture allowed us to do and allowed people to do was to kind of escape. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, I don't think that's that's been different or changed. It's just been, it was very acute last year. Mm. 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 And the company as a whole has has grown. Mm. Um, uh, to, is it 25 people you now? Yeah, so we're just going through a recruitment drive. Okay. So it'll be 25 in September. Have you found it difficult to keep that personal touch as you grow? Um, you know, I mean, obviously you're, you're the person going out there, yeah, getting yeah, the, yeah. the business and new clients. And um, how have you ensured to keep that? personality with Arctic because it is in my opinion such a huge draw um to know you and to yeah, understand yeah, yeah. you know what, how, where the company's going but yeah. you know how, how do you keep that um touch point alive with your staff oh with the team yeah yeah so um I think in the last year it was a lot of communication um Arctic has a set of values we have six uh, which the team were all put together we all did it kind of together and one of them is um up, being upfront and honest we are upfront and honest mm-hmm. and I think that is like that's critical yeah. so um you know 25 it's not it's not at the critical mass stage where you can't have a conversation with people on a regular basis mm. um but in my communications especially last year you know I was just clear and we've got actually we've got on this afternoon in fact we've got our town hall um yeah. uh, this afternoon so I think it's about keeping people updated regularly we also mm. have um coffee coffee catch-ups every week so i speak to a different member of the team every mm. week and then you know we're, we're running projects together and working mm. we do socials and that sort of thing mm. um mm. but i think but from like kind of a like a leadership perspective it's, it's the clarity on mm. you know where we are and where we're going and, mm. and how do you balance off your two obviously that you, you have a business and you run the business how do you balance yeah. off your obviously your love for art but at the same time you've got to put a different head on for actually running the business do you yeah because <laughs> it's a challenge when you when you start a business like I did because you love doing what you're doing mm. but actually the business requires you as well yeah. to, to do that so you've then yeah. got to sort of become a jack of all trades to some extent yeah someone needs to be thinking about the future mm. so I, I see my yeah I see my job as um, being duly those two things. So it's like the job of a CEO is to, mm. you know, look at where we're going, where we sit in the marketplace, um, but also balancing the needs of today versus the needs of um, versus the needs of the future. And, you know, sometimes I do have to make um, calls on um, sort of uh, who is working on uh, which projects and where I'm um, spending my time. I think that um, we have an incredible curation team and an incredible consultancy team, you know, far more qualified and far, you know, more creative and capable than um, 
I could ever hope to be. Mm. And so, which is just incredible. And so um, I think we, you know, have a mutual reliance on each other. Mm. Um, I think it, you know, I think it, I think that, that works. So you're yeah, within yeah, yeah. the within the sphere of the business and what you actually do as a business. You mm. found your position. You feel comfortable mm. with, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And I think um, the because you do need different people to focus on different aspects. Yeah, yeah. We're not all polymaths, you know. Yeah. We really, yeah, we exactly. all, we've all got. To, and to accept that other people are able to do things better than you is a great, um, it's a great test of leadership. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't have yeah. opinion. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, you know, in the end, if it's somebody else leading a project, it's somebody else leading a project. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's hugely yeah. relevant as well because a lot of designers, well, some designers are now deciding to remove themselves from those big studios and set up on their own. I know mm. that's happened a few times recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, because of that, they, they haven't been able to keep uh, keep on on top of their their projects from start to finish in mm. the large studios because it's taken over by other departments, mm. and yeah. that's what they want. They want to have that um, inclusive control, control mm. and um, and also uh, transparency over the project as, as it goes along. And it feels yeah. as if you've got that right balance um, with that that number of, of people behind you, and obviously the demand as well. Let's not forget you you work on some of the most amazing spaces. Yeah, yeah, um, pretty cool mm. projects. And, and yeah. you have to have that team behind you that mm. are constantly looking for the new um, and the interesting. What, what I'm interested to sort of know, do your, do your team, I know they're experts, but do they ever um, really feel the pressure when there's a huge client to impress with art, to, to go beyond what, what the client would expect and to present to them something completely new and perhaps down a different channel or path than they're going to I go down? I think every project, to be honest. I, think, I like, don't know how I think you do the, it. Well, I think the, I think <laughs> the idea so is to... Oh, it's so yeah. subjective. Yeah, everyone, everyone has an opinion about art oh, as yeah. well. yeah. <laughs> Um, Have you got any stories where the clients like really hated what you presented? <laughs> no, 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 they always, they always um, <laughs> the um, the funny thing about that. No, we have different we have different ways of because often, especially in the corporate sector, not actually, but both sectors, but hospitality and corporate, they'll put together art committees, and so you'll have sort of anywhere from three to sort of fifteen, I think is larger kind of people selecting and actually we built we've built an online voting tool so you know you can actually survey a couple of thousand people um, okay you know of a short list of collection yeah. so you have 50 works to choose from you want to buy 25 you want to rent 25 mm. then you know this tool could help mm -hmm. uh, get a kind mm. of popular vote i suppose mm. um once it's been kind of curated to the space um but i think I forgot the question, actually. No, don't worry, I've got <laughs> another question, actually. <laughs> um, where, where do you see art curation going? You've clearly, with Arctic, been able to democratise the, the, um, you know, the, uh, the situation around, you know, specifying art and giving mm -hmm. artists, um, you know, a fair... Uh, fair pay and obviously, yeah. you know, fair credit as well. Yeah. Do you see... Um, hotel spaces and you know public areas that have art becoming more sort of uh residencies is that is that something that you're seeing yeah what a nice what a nice setup here because we've got a couple of residences running at the moment actually. Um, have you yeah yeah I, I might just see it more and more and i feel right. like it's it's definitely the way things are going and actually it's just it actually has allowed me to realize the power of art in, in a space because mm. you change the art curation or you change the narrative and actually it changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think what we're all craving right now is human interaction and art is arts and culture is such a good conduit to doing it. So 
We're working with the City of London Corporation um, on, a on one of their huge projects all around culture and commerce and using essentially using culture to bring people, tempt people back um, mm. into the City of London. So it's not just that off some offices are mandating a return to the office, but the city is also saying, well, sure, but you know, we're going to do our shops, we're going to do our retail, we're going to do our public spaces really well, but also we're going to engage um, arts and cultural organisations. So Arctic are working on this huge project around, essentially it's called Enhancing the City. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's launching really soon in the City of London. We've got another project up in, um, just next to the new Central St. Martin's building. Mm -hmm. It's a, a new office mixed use space called Laszlo. And the client has, has uh, essentially got an artist working there. So they have a, an artist studio, so built a studio. And we ran a kind of an open call competition. Um, and this specific artist is now in that space for a year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and she's producing a series of works for the building. So it's kind of a nice, Brilliant. A nice relationship. And, mm. I, and I, think, I think we'll see uh, more and more of that. More Just more playing that. devil's advocate. Because I love playing devil's advocate. <laughs> but um, when you have these residencies, um, I mean, the traditional way to uh, specify art in a space will be, you know, that's the art and that's going to stay as mm. long as the design is the way the design is. And yeah. then, you know, that would change in time, say in 10 years time. Yeah. It then gives that artist the, their space for that time because they've been selected because of their work. Yeah. Do you think um, there's a risk of the residencies kind of, you know, just being a bit too open to everyone and not kind of specifically giving credit to the artist who actually deserves to be on those walls. Yeah, sure. So I have I have real issue with meanwhile space um, because there is an argument that it um, gives a false, I guess, a false sense of um, security to somebody's business. So, mm -hmm. and, and artists are, they're entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they are small micro businesses, but um, some of them incredibly big <laughs> businesses, even about Hearst or something. Mm. But um, and there's NFTs and stuff. But um, if you if you it does it can give people a kind of a, so a false sense of overhead. So you know for a year there's no overhead. But actually, if if, if you if you're working with an artist who has commercial awareness, um, like Laura Bennett and who we are with um, at Laszlo, um, you know they they kind of they can understand and if you sort of provide mentorship and um, that mm. sort of thing around it, it can be. Um, it can be an, an incredible opportunity for an artist to produce a body of work. Yeah, and I, totally. I, don't, I don't see any issue with um, transients in, in, in collections. Yeah. So what our, our rental model does, so Arctic, um, the whole actually, I started the business just renting art. Mm. So nowadays we commission and buy a lot and sell a lot, obviously. Um, but the whole idea of renting art is to allow a client or a, or a user to refresh their space on a regular basis. Mm. But rather than unlike a traditional exhibition where an artist would show their work for free in the hopes that they would then sell it mm. our model the client is paying for the works to be on the wall because you know the collection makes sense they know that it's going to attract the people that they want to have in that space and spark the conversations or or talk about the certain aspects that they want to talk mm. about and then change it after after six yeah. months because tastes mm. do change. Mm. Yeah, totally. And I think evolves. it's also a really great way for clients to um or for you to be able to put forward artists who they may not have thought of mm. or could be potentially a risk but yeah. you know and then introduce them to I don't know just broaden their mindset I guess in, in art yeah, yeah so think... it's a very cost effective way of working mm. as well isn't it because yeah, you can't because you're not investing all of your budget into one item you're saying okay over a set, set period of years I'm going to rotate these and okay so I don't necessarily own a piece but mm. I have 
you know, maybe I don't want to own a piece for 10 years anyway. Yeah, I yeah. want to change it every couple of years or a yeah, year yeah, or whatever. So well, I mean, a lot of clients will do that and sometimes mm. they'll acquire works from the from the least collection, mm. uh, which obviously they can do. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so if they, they fall of, in love with it and think, yeah, I, can't, I can't live without it, then yeah. they can buy also, it. It's, it's good yeah. for Arctic as well, because then those clients are then on your books as... You know, regular clients you're working with it's not just the project's done next it's kind of like you know you, you really you, build a relationship 100%. And, and, and you know from that has come this whole experience arm um, of the business which was literally growing so quickly before covid before we went to, <laughs> before we went to see any other humans for, yeah. for 18 oh months but, what um, was that like but though? it's like, back it's how coming did that, back how did that change everything for you not just the way in which you know you worked as a, as a business with with um you know your employers but how did what what did covid really how did how did it change everything um so what conversations just did they just drop dead so no, it's, inter- they... it's interesting actually um a few things a few things happened, but the biggest thing that um, I learned anyway over the last year was the resilience of the business and the team. Mm. Um, we're an art consultancy selling and renting art to hotels and offices, many of whom were shut for the last 18 months, and we're still here, right? Yeah, so and we're still great. <laughs> um, and um, we obviously had to spend, you know, we focused a lot on um cash flow because mm-hmm. you have to um we worked on projects that had paid which is a really obvious thing to say but mm-hmm. doesn't you know um, sometimes larger businesses are slow to pay so we, we mm-hmm. focus on clients who had paid us mm-hmm. um and then uh we communicated very very regularly with um the team but also we found that our work the art consultancy work and the um art experience work actually which is was a a big growing bit before covid we basically took it all online and so we were able to have these quite um intimate conversations with people as you know the 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 rest of the world was kind of going a little bit crazy but we ran these sort of hour two hour sessions of you know life drawing we did um collage making or kind Mm. of art for mindfulness we i mean we even did uh Tin foil hat making. Excellent. Um, I love it. So Who made that? That was Daisy's idea. It was really, <laughs> it was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. That. We actually did that for the team. But doesn't, don't you find that actually COVID in some ways pushed us all, obviously all down the Zoom route and all yeah, those yeah, obvious yeah. routes, but pushed us all into routes that yeah. you would never have visited in a million years yeah. if you hadn't been in that position. And it yeah. can only, I think in hindsight, one will see how that actually has benefited and enriched people. Yeah, yeah I think we can, we can take what, you know, worked and mm. uh, it was it was a time for experimenting and if things didn't work in that time and also for jobs as well there were as I said there are people that decided a big studio is not for me actually mm. at the end of this yeah. I'm going to take a risk and I think everyone's a bit more empathetic to things not working out and if someone's actually just taken that opportunity to do something different mm. there's there's kudos in that in mm. itself you know mm. and that shows great creativity mm. and what we mm. what we need moving forward for solution driven mm. people and mm. solution driven industries definitely well. I think you might be a bit more out there in your thinking in terms of how to shake things up or change things just because you've been forced to experiment with other yeah. other ideas and yeah. thoughts. So yeah, I mean, I remember, a... I remember the like the beginning of the pandemic. We were all thinking, "Good, gosh, what's going <laughs> to yeah, exactly. how's, how's it all going to go?" But you know, from uh, I set this business up uh, just after the two thousand eight two thousand nine recession. Mm. Yeah. I think that in tough economic times, of creative thinking is bred. One, mm. absolutely. And, um, so, you know, a lot of my work alongside, obviously, the, um, you know, our projects uh, and like kind of the business side of what I've been um, working on is is kind of a creative look at 
um, how we interact with our clients, our services, our products, that sort of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and challenges and opportunities sit very close. They sit in very close lanes yeah, together. They do. Yeah, they you do. can turn they a challenge do. into an opportunity so quickly just mm. by changing your mindset and being positive and actually just thinking of a solution around how you're going to combat that hurdle or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. One area I want to talk to you about is social media. Yeah. So obviously it's a great tool. It's a great platform to find establishing um, emerging artists yeah. and creative people. Um, is it always the best route? What, how do you use social media to, to find new people? And is um, it fair? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I think, well, I think that it is a good step in the right direction in the democratization um, of the art world um, because many people um, can have an Instagram account. It's free. Obviously, you need a phone, you need access to the internet. So there's still a group of um, society who can't or don't have access. Um, but in terms of where, we were 10 years ago to where we are today mm. there are um many 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 artists on um on instagram and, and on on tiktok as well i mean it's we're interviewing for curators at the moment it's really interesting um talking to them about how and where they're finding their artists especially in the last year because obviously you'd also go to shows and there's you know we host art exhibitions you at least quarterly normally and you know there's also the big group shows the degree shows the mm. gallery mm. exhibitions and whilst they're back they're not back as to the same degree as they were and so social media has been a huge way of us finding talent um but also us attracting talent both in terms of the team and in terms of artists mm. we actually have um our first social uh, digital executive oh, is, is her title yeah starting next week um which is really really exciting mm. yeah. um so yeah I'm, I'm i guess as yeah. well as sourcing it's a great way to um amplify those artists that are on your books as well within mm. your own social media so it's kind of two two roles there you know sourcing yeah. great artists that are emerging but also yeah. for you guys once you've got or caught wind of a you know a, an artist or a designer mm. you can then amplify their work yeah I and think, then hopefully that can be amplified to the right clients who are working with you and following you anyway yeah and mm. i think it's a really um good tool for highlighting the inclusivity of the company as well because when somebody's looking at where they want to work or yeah, an artist who they want to sign or a client who they're looking to to sort of appoint yeah. an art consultant, the, you know, a quick scroll through um, social media is a really kind of good mm. litmus test or a quick pulse check of on um, the ethics of the business. And the well. campaigns mm. that you run as well, mm. because yeah. they go mm. so much more than, they're, they're so much deeper than just a PR opportunity mm. and just, you know, just to, you know, tick that box. Your your campaigns and your events and the, the work and effort you put into those experiences are, are huge. Um, yeah. yeah. And they're, they're a reflection of, um, well, the reflection of kind of, um, they're a reflection of the team. Um, the team, yeah, the team's and ideas ethics, and, I, I and my ethics well, Patrick, as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, especially with the career frontiers. I mean, the the charity that we supported last year, Renaissance Foundation, is an incredible charity who work, uh, literally their offices are about, well, soon they're about to move in, but soon to be sort of five doors down from from us. They work with uh, young people in, well, they're based in Tower Hamlets, but young people sort of in East London, um, young carers and young hospital patients. Um, and essentially give sort of create these renaissance moments in their lives through through a three-year program Um, and i'm i'm now like super heavily involved in them helping them set up um some uh, new programs and that sort of thing as well so i think it is there's i think we have a um like responsibility to 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 give back as well Mm, Um, of course yeah. yeah 
Right, Patrick, we're going to do a quick fire round. We okay. have not prepared you. <laughs> My first question, alive or dead, which artist would you love to have dinner with? Do you know what I thought you were going to say? <laughs> Keep this on track. This is a clean podcast. Go. <laughs> um, I would love to have dinner with... Um, all I can think of is W.H. Auden, who's a poet. So you're going to have to ask me the question again. What artist, okay. poet, creative person? I'd like to have dinner with W.H. Auden. Okay. He's a poet. He's incredible. Um, uh, 90, uh, 20th century poet, um, queer, uh, has written the most incredible um, words that I found very, very inspirational, especially in the mm. last year. Um, okay, I've got one. So money, no object. Who would you hang on your bedroom wall? Or buck. Okay, that was a quick one. Great. <laughs> and what is your what what, are your, what does your art look like in your house? So, I have a mix. Mostly, um, I will buy work of an artist um, that reminds you of something like wonderful, basically. And so, actually, a lot of the artists um, on my wall is actually quite funny. Uh, one of my colleagues came over to help um, hang. So I just moved house. H- helped hang and. He was like, this is, that's an Arctic artist, that's an Arctic, that's an Arctic artist, that's an Arctic artist. <laughs> so they're all artists who Arctic work with. Um, and yeah, because obviously I believe in the artists that we, we represent. Yeah. So that, that's, and, and I've got a, I've got a Shrigley as well, which, um, mm. so a couple mm. of other artists who, mm. like Faye Godwin. Mm. So they're, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real mix. Do you find it hard to decide? Yes. Yeah. yeah mm. do, you find, do you feel the pressure? Yes. It's the yeah. same for interior designers yeah. doing their own houses. Yeah, Nightmare. I did that recently. I found it so much pressure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, it is hard. And actually, there's still so much stuff still in bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's, That's uh, good, though. It's mm. considered. Mm. It's a process. Mm. It is a process. Mm. Yeah. We what, um, how do you shut off from work? I... Either I exercise a lot. Um, sorry, I don't exercise a lot. You but do. Exercise is, oh, okay. Um, How no. are the handstands coming along? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can do like two seconds off the wall. Well done. Um, yeah, I need some tips actually. Do you know a pro? Um, <laughs> no, so I do. I do yoga a lot. Um, I find that that is an incredible way to sort of decompress um, and. Ironically, art, art galleries, <laughs> uh, which is just sounds like a busman's holiday. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes I do just like Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Box set, yeah. Box set week. What was um, Patrick McRae like as a child? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, probably like a little camp. Um, Slightly opinionated. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just think there's this. There's a, you have to ask his mum that one. Yeah, you have to ask my mum. No, there's, there's a photograph of me like wearing one of my like mum's dresses. It was like a kind of tie dye <laughs> number. Um, but I was very, very ginger. Um, and yeah, probably. So ginger, opinionated, and a little bit camp. Yeah, that yeah. Was changed. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good fun. Though. Going back to when you set up Arctic, mm. what um, what would you, what advice would you give to that person? Oh, um, so actually, I think it's advice that I've kind of kept um, or was told. It's about never burning your bridges. I think um, you know. 
conflict's really not worth it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's great. Um, and um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's better just to take a higher road. And, mm. um, I think that's so true yeah. in our industry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. the ability to step back mm. actually mm. out of the heat really and yeah. really think about what's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and our industry is all about relationships, actually. Mm. And um, some of my relationships have been really, really long-standing in the industry. Yeah. You know, yeah. for decades mm. by now, and um, they're very valuable. Yeah, they mm. become friends. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I um, I did a did a, a street art tour last Wednesday with one of my friends, um, from Overbury, who I met eight years ago, mm. nine years ago, mm. something like that. Mm. Um, and yeah, just why not? Yeah, like it's, exactly. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Probably known you like four years now. I know. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. How relationships evolve, and um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful, really, and actually how you realize there are so many other people who you haven't met or mm. i love that in conversations when someone says to you even if they're trying to challenge you when they're like oh do you yeah. know this person and you're like no no but i'd like to yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just expand your yeah, yeah. little black book but actually yeah, yeah, just yeah. your friend network because mm. that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is in this industry because mm. life's too short right mm. I mean, you ought to be enjoying it i think yeah um that would be maybe the other bit of bit of thing is mm. you know the bit of advice is to have mm. fun so we're, we're running out of time. Yes. Otherwise, Manotti are going to charge us for this lovely sofa that we're on. Maybe um, <laughs> I should spill a coffee on and get a discount. <laughs> My final question, really, um, from, from Harriet and I is like, what, what's been your proudest moment of Arctic to, to date? Um, yeah. And where do you see it going in the future? Um, so proudest moment, probably a couple. I think that some of our huge events uh, are like quite cool moments um so we did a 10 years and the queer frontiers party recently and you know everybody was there and you know i was getting up there and chatting and i was like oh wow this is actually this is my company like this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> um and then the other proud moment was um kind of surviving the covid pandemic and, and i i spoke to it earlier about um the resilience of both the business and the team and i think that is you know that's that's huge for me. Mm. It's, you know, if you can survive a pandemic selling to the luxury sector mm. <laughs> um, and, and you know, what many people would deem a, a kind of an unnecessary item, um, mm. but actually you've proved to people that it is a necessary item. It's a really important mm. um, kind of cornerstone of their, of their design. I think those are, the, the, those are kind of two huge mm. um, things. And in terms of the future, um, bigger, better, baby. Like um, <laughs> it, uh, we're working in sixteen countries now. I, you don't. I reckon that's going to world increase. domination. Yeah, world domination. Yeah, well, not world yeah. domination. Yeah, but um, yeah. but yeah, I think uh, more international work, more experience. Yeah, I think your team are a credit to you as well. And I've spoken to your team, yeah. and they they love you. You're a visionary, obviously. <laughs> but what I love about that is that you really. Um, enhance their personalities um mm. through as well so yeah i think that's really important it's not it's really important it's not mm. all about yeah it's not me it's arctic yeah yeah well thank cool. you so much for thank joining you us so much. Yeah. It was a lovely. <laughs> it was really lovely thank you so much Ready? Yep. Brilliant. That was Patrick Wasn't McRae. that fantastic? Oh, what a great guy. So refreshing. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, nice. Totally. It's so fantastic to uh, to have that, that insight into that world of art. You yeah, know? totally. Yeah, really well, as a designer, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, you... Um, 
over the last couple of years where, where collaboration's been more accepted, especially with clients, mm. you know, it's become more of a world that you're able to get into. Definitely. It's opened up a whole new sort of, um, it's, it's, you know, exposed a whole new bunch of artists that um, clients are willing to engage with, mm. you know, which, which reflects the real world, which is wonderful. And the experiences that Arctic produce. So yeah. I didn't actually yeah, yeah, tell yeah. Patrick, he will find out eventually, I'm sure, when he listens to this, but I went to one of his um, Queer Frontier uh, events and he had uh, a live artist uh, in the window drawing. Mm-hmm. It was a silent artist, yeah. and I just turned up. I didn't actually. Um, I accepted the invitation, but I just saw it happening and just went in. Mm. And uh, there was someone who dropped a glass halfway through. <laughs> and when I said to Patrick afterwards, Patrick's like, "Oh, someone dropped a glass." Up. And I was like, "Oh, dog, who, who is that? That's so terrible." <laughs> yeah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> You left your mark, Hamish. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, Patrick's just uh, just such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, no, it was a really good interview. Yeah. We enjoyed that one. So in our next episode, mm. we're going to be speaking to George Kuyas, who is an interior designer who has mm. just launched a new brand, uh, the Interior Design Geek, where he's geeky about the details mm-hmm. because consumers want to know more and more about, you know, the details behind designer mm-hmm. decisions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so that's what we're going to do. The mechanics to of it. The mechanics, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Excellent. So Join us next time. Look forward to that one.